Now, um, on Facebook, do you ever ask questions? Gosh, y'all ask questions all the time on Facebook. Let, let, let me bring some things to light, which, which I think Facebook should be really called Me Book because it's really all about me. And you, you know, what I'm saying you just want it. it's not Facebook. I understand, but it's all me, 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 me. And let me share why. Now I'm about to unintentionally step on some toes, and someone's going to think you're picking on me. And maybe I am, but it's just some truth that I just want to share with you. Okay, I'm not. I'm not picking by. Anybody in name, but this is what I see on my news feed on what y'all do. Y'all ask questions all the time, but you phrase them not in a question. You really phrase it to allow somebody else, you give them permission to ask you a, a question. And that is confusing, right? You understand what I'm saying? No. What I'm talking about is this. When you say the phrase on your, your status, truth is dot, dot, dot. Like my status. Okay? Now that is giving the world of your friends permission to ask you what? A question. And what is that? What do you think of me? Now, let me tell you, y'all do that, and I understand, I'm very concerned, because I see this all the time, and I'm concerned for your self-esteem. Because some of you are getting, this is where you're getting your self-worth from, is going, truth is, like it, and everybody's going, like, 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 and there's like 472 likes on this dude's thing, and he's like, type in, I think you're a nice person. They're never going to get through it. But this is what I always see in those truth is. Um, It always has something to do with best friend. You are my best friend, or you were my best friend, and we might can be sort of friends again. Um, I think that your great is always in there. Girls, if it's a girl that's writing about a girl, it says, girl, you are gorgeous in the start or the end. It's going to start with that or end with that, but it's always going to have. And that's very sweet that you always say the same thing, but it's sort of, it sort of, do you really mean it? No. I mean, but it's in every one of them. And not that not everybody is beautiful in God's eyes, but y'all write these things just to pump each other up. And I want you to be nice, but man, why do we have to turn for this for self-esteem? Going like, 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 and going, oh, let me be, be, be spe- 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 special, important. Please let me. And um, now let me move on from that. Truth is... Because there's one that just irritates the steward. I mean, it's called date or pass, dot, dot, dot. Huh? Date or pass. Date. I didn't stutter. <laughs> I can say that. Date or pass is what... Now, now, let me share this. It's just sort of... Is it, can I tell you, guy, if, if you do... It's just sort of weak, man. If, if you got to do that, and let, 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 let me fish out there to see what my range is and what I've got a chance at. Come on, man up. You know what I'm saying? Because you're just trying to see your range. And, 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 and so, not that I want you to date. <laughs> that can really be taken wrong. Um, but the problem with date or pass, too, is some, some of you are just, just mean. It's like, oh, pass. And I'm like, going, oh, man. I don't know. You know, you know it's, it's like num- 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 number one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, or whatever, and and pass. Oh, way past. You know, or and, and so um, self-esteem things. Um, just some of you must be crashing. You must be like, truth is, I'm liked, and then data pass, I'm hated. Uh, your emotions must be off the chart. And I'm going on a rant here, but 
Y'all got to be careful. Just watch the way you use that. Some of you, the way you do data pass or whatever rate or whatever, rate your top, I'll rate the top five, and everybody puts their name in, and you rate the top five. There's only six names that were put in the pot. You, you rate the top five, and the fifth can't feel that, that great. You know what I'm saying? It's just some mean stuff. And um, the scary thing is, the person that does, you know, the, the people that do that, my, my, my question is, do you think you're God's gift to the seventh grade? Because that's what you act like when you put stuff like that. So be careful the questions that you ask. I would, this is just it's a rant. And you know what? I want you to feel special. I want you to feel special. But I know this. You're not going to find it in, in that stuff. You know, in the Word of God, in Psalms 139, 14, it says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Jeremiah 1, 5, it says, Before that you were formed in the womb, God knew you. That makes you special. Do you get me? Now, I'm done with that rant, but I'm not done. Can I just go a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I gave you all a test tonight. I might as well just start yelling at you, right? I mean, it's just one of those nights. Um, do you know that the greatest thing for a teenager or preteen, let's say, um, to screw up your relationship with Christ is to date? The greatest thing, okay, I'm an old guy. I'm. F- 41, I've worked with youth for a long time, 18 years, and time after time after time after time, dating will cause you to fail much more than it'll do anything else good in the long run, especially for you. Um, some of you date, you, it's a priority in your life. Uh, you're obsessed with it, especially if you're in mid, 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 middle school. You're thinking, I'm, he's dating this girl and she's dating this guy. And you're going, are you kidding me? It's like a joke. Don't, don't date that age. Okay, I'm almost done with the rant. But we're, we're supposed to find our value, our strength, our hope, our joy in Christ. That's where we're And you're trying to find it in a relationship that's going to fail every time. God intend now when you're I believe I believe I'll share what I believe when you're a junior or senior I think y'all you know y'all to to look around not shopping or nothing but you're trying to find out what you're supposed to end up with who you're going to marry what are the traits that that you think you should have um, I don't know if you should necessarily date because that age I've seen it wreck more than I've seen it soar but you know start to look start to to think in those terms, but be patient. Okay, I'm done. Are you all right? Yeah. We'll move on. Thank you. Thank you for that, Samantha. That was very sweet. Okay. Okay. Now, let me get to the whole point of how in the world do we get here. So many things we ask are questions that we ask because we want an answer to them. Is that right? Sure. Yep, yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you, Paige, for being so enthusiastic with that. Um, <laughs> but sometimes... We ask something to drive a point home and not to ask a question. We, we ask it to, um, to make an impact and not because we don't know what it is. For instance, and this is just a small one that I think it's funny that my parents used to say to me, and let me just give you all some advice. I just want to give you some good advice from when I was a teenager um, that you could learn from. Um, my parents would sometimes say to me when I would try to get away with something, um, and they, it was just stupid. It was just blatantly, they, they, they would know. They would say this phrase, do I look stupid to you? Now, can I tell y'all, there is no proper response to that question except to shut up. 
I've got to tell you, you will lose. Your rear end will lose if you are like me. Um, and, and so sometimes, and they're not saying it because they expect you to go, yeah, you're stupid. But Because some of you think that. I know you do because I was a teenager and I thought, thought that too. And I, I'll just say this. When it's, I hear most of the time, I hear youth that are just going, my parents, man, they're just me. They just don't care. They just 95 to 99% of the time, your parents are, are right. And you are in this thing called teenagehood where you think you know what you're doing. You're starting to grow up. I mean, you think you know it. But my parents, my dad said, son, you just got a case of the dumbs. Every teenager get a case of the dumbs. Y'all get a case of the dumbs where you think you know better than someone who's lived 25 years more on this earth than you have. And you go, oh, they just don't understand. They don't care. They're trying to take my butt. So... Sometimes they say things, um, we, we say things to drive a point home. Now, many of you know May Lee, right? Our little girl, she's three. We adopted her two years ago. She'll be four in a week. Dear Lord, May Lee's going to be four. Hopefully the terrible threes will be over. I don't know if that's a real thing, but that's what we've had. Um, we love her. She's a handful. Uh, she's what I would call an um, extremely strong-willed child. Not strong-willed child. That she puts those to shame. She's extremely st- strong-willed. She will try to boss you around if you're ever at my house. I know someone was at my my house over the movie night. We had a packed house, and someone came, came to me and said, um, "Maylee won't give me back my phone." And I'm going, "She's three and a half, or not quite four yet." Snatch the phone away from her. So, um, if you're ever at my house, Maylee takes your phone, snatch it back. You can do that, okay? She thinks she's the boss. She, no, you're good. I, I didn't say a name. I was, I was being quiet. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you, you just got me. Um, she thinks she's in charge. And so we, I've been begun to do something the past um, two months or three months where I get down at her level after I've tried to restrain myself from beating her and try, I'm trying to be compassionate and, and everything. I don't beat her, okay? Just in my head I do. Um, and I'm just constrained because she is just... just and I'll say, Maylee, who's in charge? Now, am I a- asking her that because I want permission for her to say so I know what to do? No. Why do I ask it? I want to drive it home. I've only said it to her probably 10, 20, 420 times this, this week. Okay? I, I, honestly, sit down. Maylee, who's in charge? And she goes, she's not four, and she goes, Dada. I said, and who else? And she goes, Mama. I said, okay, now go do what we said. She goes, okay. And she'll go do it. And then it, we come to that war again. But I don't ask her because I want to know what to do. I ask her because I want her to understand what the point is. We're going to look at a text of script, Scripture here that Paul's going to ask some things because he doesn't want... He's not asking because he doesn't know. He's asking because he's wanting to drive a point home. Okay, are you with me? My wife is starting to zone out. Her eyes are getting big and wide like the circle. You okay, babe? I'm perfect. Okay, you are perfect, babe. You need to zone out. Oh, okay, turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. You crazy people. Already there. Nerd. I need my water. About to start yelling, so. All right. Hang hang with me. Who is with me? Okay, a couple of y'all. All right. This is what it says. Romans 8, 
31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Is Paul asking them who's against us? Is it a question to be asked or to drive a point home? No, he's saying, dude, do you understand that if God is for us, who can be against us? Because the response to that is what? No one can be. If God is for us, no one can be against us. Who is he? Now, we talked about the context and like who he wrote the book to. Who did he write the book to? Roman believers. Okay, now that's important right here in where we're at because of this. Because the Roman believers thrived when they were in Rome, right? No, they were persecuted in Rome. They were thrown into a thing called the Colosseum with lions that were alive and starving. And there would be a big crowd out amongst them. And they were thrown, if they did not deny their faith in Christ, they were thrown out there and they were eaten, devoured by the lions. Men, women, and kids devoured by lions for their faith. So now I want you to think of that context when Paul says, then what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I wonder how many believers in Rome knew this verse even when they stood and faced the lions and mouthed it to them themselves. If God's for us, who can be against us? Even the mouth of a lion cannot stop God. Even if I am to die here, God will not be stopped. I think that's pretty awesome and my one point, I have one point tonight. Okay, everybody go, one point. one point. This is the one point. You're going to walk out with this one thing. Are you ready? ready. ready. Seatbelts seat, seat on. Well, one point, God is bigger. God is bigger. Okay? And you go, well, okay, that's great. I, I know that. You don't know it. <laughs> You say you know it, but it's, if you know it, it's going to be a part of your life. It's the way you think, the way that you live life, the, the way that you survive school, what you do. Um, God is bigger. Well, let me share a story. Can I share a story from when I was in kindergarten? Oh. I tell you what, my wife will be the first to tell you at the age of five. Um, she didn't know me, but she's heard enough stories. I was the biggest crybaby in the world, age five. Age 5 to age 11. I finally was able to suck it up probably around 11. Um, when I was there in kindergarten, I went to St. Joseph's Catholic School. Okay, and I went there. And I had a friend in class named Carl Blastic. Uh, and Carl Blastic, I thought, was my friend. But now 36 years have passed. And as I've matured, I've come to understand that he wasn't much of a friend at all. Carl... Every day when school was about to get out, Carl would tell me that my mom and dad had packed up the house and had put it in a U-Haul truck and left town and I would never see them again. And I would cry. Every day. Every day, I'd be crying. My mom would pull up in the car and go, Daniel, what's wrong? And I'd be like, I thought you were going to leave me. I didn't tell her about Carl. I thought you were leaving me. She'd be like, oh, that's just, stop it, nonsense. So I'd get in the car. I'd go home. The next day, right before school got out, Carl would tell me my parents had packed up the house, left town, and he said he wanted to add to it, and you know, I'll, I'll somehow find a ride home, and I'll get there, and it'll be empty. The door will just be empty, and it'll be clanking. and I'll be all alone. I would cry. Mom would show up. I'd say, Daniel, why are you crying? I'd be like, just scared you weren't coming. Okay, this, this, went on, this went on for two months, okay? 
Um, until my mom picked up little Carl Blastic by his collar. Now I'm kidding, but that'd be a pretty good story. You know what I'm saying? She, 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 she might have. You don't understand. My mom can be a mean wo- woman. I gotta ask her about that. Um, I finally quit crying after a couple months. It was really bad, and I remember the fear. I, re- I can. This is one of my earliest memories. Of- They've left me, and I believe this kid who's my friend. Okay, if you have a friend that says stuff that they're not your friend. That's a bully. And Carl was like, like six foot two, and, and and can you know I was, I was three foot nothing. He was he was huge, but my best friend. <laughs> but you know what? The more times my mom proved right, it took me a while. But the more that she proved right, the more I began to trust her and not Carl. Until one day, I don't know if Carl shut up. Or I just began to know mom was going to be there because she was always there. And once I learned that truth that mom was not going to leave me and she would just tell me, he's, he's going to be okay, he's going to be okay. You know, once I learned it and saw she'd show up every day, um, I was good. Now, how does that have to do with God is, is bigger? <clears throat> In the Bible, God told Noah to build a big boat on dry land and the the people, it could have been his friends, they mocked him. He built it and the flood came and Noah and his family were all saved. And Noah knew that God was bigger. God told Abraham he'd be the, the father of a great na- 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 nation. And Abraham was old and he had no kids. And he thought, man, I'm too old to have kids. But God knew better. And at an old age, he had kids. Abraham knew that God was bigger. Moses and the Israelites were escaping the Egyptians. They'd been enslaved for years and years. And they come to this point where they're at the Red Sea and they're blocked in and they're doomed. There's no hope. But God showed up. He made a way. And Moses knew that God is bigger. All throughout the Word of God, Elijah was one prophet against a thousand prophets of Baal. And God showed up. All those prophets were killed. Elisha knew that God was bigger. God's got a history of showing up and showing that He's bigger. Daniel was told if he prayed to God, he'd be thrown to the lions. So he prayed. He was thrown. The lions liked him. Not licked him, but liked him. God is bigger. He knew it. Joseph was sold as a slave, taken from his family and homeland, falsely imprisoned, and God used him in amazing ways. Joseph knew. And he, he wrote about it in, Gen, in Genesis chapter 50 that God is bigger. King David had an affair. He had the husband of the woman he had the affair with killed. A prophet of God came to him and said, look, look what you've done. You have sinned against God. David repented and God forgave him. David knew that God is bigger. Matthew was a tax collector, the chief of sinners. Jesus called him to follow him and be his disciple, even knowing who, who he was. He followed God is bigger. Paul tried to stamp out Christianity the first half of his life. In the last half, he gave everything that he could to spread it to all the world to hear. Paul learned, Paul knew, God is bigger. Some of you say, you don't understand what I've done. God can't forgive me. I'm too sinful. 
And I'd like to remind you that in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says that, but God shows His love for us, that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to know, if you think, man, I cannot be reached by God, I want you to understand this truth, God is bigger. Some of you say, you know what, I don't know if I can make it. It's just hard to live this Christian life. It's hard. I'm tired. I don't know if I can keep on. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who, 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 who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I want you to know, if you're tired today, God's bigger. If you're worn out today, God is bigger. Some of you, and this is a big one, for especially older high school girls. Guys too, I think. They don't admit it, but they, they think, I don't know if I'll ever find the right girl or guy. Um, I'm never going get, to get, get married. What if I'm alone for the rest of my life? Big fear. I want to show you all a verse. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself with the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. I want you to know that God is bigger. And we delight ourselves in Him. He will guide our heart to what we should want and have. And let me tell you, let me just end this, because I know there's been a lot of God's there. You're going, is He doing another one? Yeah. Because, because He is, and I think you need to hear it. Um, this is how it's going to end up. Philippians 2, 10 and 11 says, So that at the name of Je- Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In heaven, on earth, under the earth, every knee should bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Throughout all, even unto the end of time of this earth, I want you to know, without a doubt, Scripture screams that God is bigger. Let's take a look at that first verse again, Romans eight thirty-one. It says, what, shall, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is bigger. Now, it took me a long time to learn that my parents were not going to leave me when I was five years old in kindergarten, or forget about me. But once I learned it, it stuck. The more they actually came and got me, the more I knew what they said was true. And I believe that the more you yourself get into the Word of God and you understand what God does and how God works and how God shows up and how He provides and how He helps, and the more that you live it out in your own life, you're going to learn that God is bigger. As a believer in Jesus Christ, if God is for us, who can be against us? No one can. Why? Why can't they? Because God is bigger. He's like bigger than the biggest. He's whatever that is. The biggerest. That almost sounds like a bad word. But it's not. Um, let me close with a, a story here. And I've gotten so solemn. I'm sorry. Um, there, there's a girl, y'all, y'all, y'all know her, I'm not going to say her name, but y'all can, don't shout out or anything, but y'all can conclude. But she used to come to this youth group. And two years ago, she had to move away. Loved, loved, Yuli loved, loved the um, just school, the friends that she had, the church. And God took her away because um, her parents had to move with work and, and life. And she moved. And I remember I talked to her quite a few times because she just had a hard time. And I remember saying to her, I just want you to understand that God is bigger. That God is at work and God is bigger. She ended up going up to a place and it was really 
awful. We, 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 we were sad for her in a lot of ways because she went to a school where she fit in great and had great friends here. But when she went there, she had an awful experience at school. And uh, I remember talking to her quite a few times or sending texts or whatever, just saying the words, I want you to know, remember, God is bigger. It's, it's, it's been a while, and, and she's, she's really, to me, I think she's, she's, she's thrived. And some go, well, why, why did God allow her to go through those r- rough things in life? Because now she's off at college, and she's doing great. And she's got great friends. And uh, you know that verse we talked about a, a week ago, for all things work for good for those who love God and who are called according to His, his pur- purpose. I believe that she's now more in the image of Christ now than when she was here because of what God allowed her to go through. And I believe, without a doubt, she would say, because I actually had a conversation with her within the past week about this and going, hey, uh, do you think God is, is, is bigger now? And she said, yeah. She's learned that God is bigger because she's experienced Him at work. My greatest prayer for you is that you will learn that God is bigger. No, no matter the trial you come through, no matter if it's a good day or bad day, I want you to understand that God is bigger. And those days that look dark, you can get through them knowing that God is still God that is in control, that, that, that loves you, that as I said that verse 4, that He knew you before you were knit in your mother's womb, that He knows every part about, about you, and He loves you. The greatest thing is that God is bigger. We're going to close tonight with a song. First song that we sing tonight. We're going to do one song tonight twice. Our God is greater. And I want you to just, just sing this out. And the bridge of this song is actually the verse that we've sort of read. It. If our God is for us, then who can stand against? Right? That, that's sort of from this verse. Just to listen to why we did it. There's a point to it. So as we sing this song, make it your prayer as you, you sing it. As you, as you struggle. Um. If you come to me, and I've talked to, to many of you, and I think many of you have heard me say, hey, just I want you to know that God is bigger. And I know that because I've experienced it in my life. Uh, and I want you to as well. We're going to pray, and we're just going to sing this one song to close tonight. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that you're bigger, that, that, that you are a God who is in control, and that you love us, and that you know us. And Lord, I think there's, there's many here that need to know that you're bigger. And uh, Lord, I ask that you will just work in them. Just give them the strength and courage to, uh, to walk through the day, still live for you, and keep their eyes fixed on you and get in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me get everybody stand up. And let me just encourage you, just sing. That's all I'm going to ask you. Just sing, sing out.